We're doing winners and losers here on a Monday, as always, and the only outright celebratory mood winner in the Pac-12 didn't play on Saturday. Let's go. We're locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, if you haven't already, wherever you are listening to or watching the show. Big shout out to everybody who has done so already. It is a Monday after a college football Saturday, which means we're doing winners and losers. And I said in that open, Something that I very much meant. The only outright winner. And remember, or I will inform you, for those of you who may be new, and this is your first time consuming the show, thank you so much for doing that, if that's the case. There are five distinctions you can get after the weekend. No opinion, lean win, winner, lean lose, and loser. Right? No opinion. Right in the middle, two levels above, two levels below. If you're an outright loser, that means something really bad happened, something that shouldn't have happened took place, and it is causing legitimate questions or just is a continuation of something that has been a really, really poor trend. But if you're an outright winner, that means it's something that you should still be waking up on Wednesday morning feeling good about. You might be waking up feeling good about it on a Thursday or Friday morning up until the next game, whenever that may be. And the only outright winner. From this weekend's slate of games, wasn't on the field. And that team, the Oregon State Beavers. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know, for the first time in nine years, I will say it one more time, for the first time in nine years, the Oregon State Beavers are ranked inside the AP Top 25. There are five Pac-12 teams in the Top 25, and Washington is knocking on the door. They are right there. And what a battle it'll be on Friday. We will get to all that later in the week. Cannot wait to talk about that game. Bunch of fascinating matchups. But the Beavs, by having a bye, by having six wins, having found a way to beat Fresno State on the road, and escaping against Stanford on the road, are sitting there at 6-2. and And the AP voters have looked at the Beavs and determined that, yeah, That's one of the 25 best teams in college football right now. And that is a celebratory thing for Oregon State fans. 100,000 million billion trillion, as our president would say, percent. That is just something that hasn't happened in a long time. And this has been the culmination Beaver fans have been waiting for. They have been waiting for this to be in a place where you feel nationally relevant, where it looks like... They are a team that will be in and out of the top 25 as the year goes on that can contend for formerly the Pac-12 North and now just the Pac-12 and be a team that is up there in that mix. And might I remind you, might I remind you, this is true for their opponent this weekend uh, coming on Friday night in Seattle, that being the Washington Huskies, of course, as well, that they are one play, one play away from being... This is going to sound crazy. I know. 
a Pac-12 title contender. I know. It sounds crazy. It sounds ridiculous because they're not right now. But if Penix doesn't throw that ball off the helmet of the ASU offensive lineman, and if Oregon State is able to survive a push from the USC offensive lineman reminiscent of Reggie Bush against Notre Dame back in the day, then the Beavers right now would in fact be in the Pac-12 championship mix. They would be ranked even higher. They would be a contender to get to a high-level bowl game at this point in the season. And that's where Oregon State wants to be. It's year five. You got to see the progress. When you're at a school like Oregon State, you got to understand it'll take more time than at other places. USC, rapid fire, quick turnaround. Washington, rapid fire, quick turnaround. Oregon fell down in 2016, went four and eight. They got the ship righted pretty quickly. Maybe not as quickly as some Oregon fans would have liked, but overall, it didn't take that long. But Oregon State, you got to be in it for the long haul. Washington State, you got to be in it for the long haul. But once the payoff is there, now it's go time. If you're an Oregon State fan, now is go time. You have a lot to play for this year. A lot to play for. And it starts on Friday night against Washington. They are the only outright winner in all of the Pac-12. The only fan base that should be in a celebratory mood here on Monday mornings you listen to or watch this or whenever you are consuming this show that I'm taping on Sunday night. They're the only fan base that should be saying, oh my goodness, look at that. This is great. And that feeling should go on for a couple of days, maybe several days, maybe until that game starts on Friday night against Washington, which should be one heck of a football game. Oregon State, the only outright winner of the week, and they didn't even have to play. And sometimes that's what college football is. The teams that are trying to get in the playoff right now in the Pac-12, Oregon, USC, UCLA, guess what? They will need a lot of help. <laughs> like, there's no there's no shame in that. There, there's nothing negative about that. That's just college football. That's the beauty of this sport. You get some help from other teams and you say, well, we've done our part. Now other teams, in a bad sense, need to do theirs. They did and the Beavs have been rewarded number 24 in the AP poll, I say very well deserved. Very well deserved. First time in nine years. Oregon State fans have been waiting for that for a long time. Now you get to see how they capitalize on it. Now you get to see how they can build on that momentum. Because it's a big thing just to accomplish at any point in the season. But this late in the season, too? It's not some fluky early season ranking. I thought they might be ranked after their two Mountain West wins. And then beating an FCS opponent handily. The AP voters said, ah, no, you're close, but you're not quite there. Well, now they're there. Good for them. All right. Uh, let's keep going. There are a few teams in the lean win, lean win department from uh, this weekend. There's a lot in the no opinion. This is the busiest no opinion category that we've had yet here on the show. It's the first time we've only had one outright winner. And it is the first time. That we are going to have this many teams in the no opinion section. Before I get to that, fewest losers of the weekend as well. Just a couple, just one lean lose and one loser. And the loser, spoiler alert, is not a Pac-12 team. It's me, sort of. It's the Pac-12 prime picks. We'll get to that uh, later in the show. But lean win, Utah. They are the closest that any of these teams came to going into the outright winner category. But. The reason I held them out of there and why I don't think Utah fans should be in an unusually celebratory mood is that wasn't a big win. It wasn't an amazing win. It was a good win. It was a tough win. It was a gritty win. 
but is it the sort of win that is season-defining? Is it the sort of moment that feels like it's you know encapsulating something bigger? I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Apologize if I didn't. English is hard. Does it feel like something that's indicative of something larger? No. It's just what they needed to do. But what they needed to do was hard. That's why it's not the no opinion. They went on the road to a Washington State team that I still think is pretty good. They are 4-4 four and four after a 3-0 and start. They are 1-4 and four in their last five games. And guess what? My preseason win prediction total for them was 7-5. and five. I think that comes to fruition. I think they go 3-1 and one down the stretch. I think the Cougars are about to get hot. I'll tell you right now, they're going to be the Pac-12 prime picks this week against Stanford. I think their opening is like a 4.5, 5-ish point uh, road favorite. I love the Cougs there. Absolutely love them. But that'll be for later. Utah wins on the road. They win on the road against a solid team with a backup quarterback, with a backup running back, and without Brant Keithy, who they've been without for a couple weeks, and Dalton Kincaid, that guy's nothing but a stud. That is mighty impressive. That is mighty impressive. The line going into that game was seven. I warned you to stay away. If you bet it, I said, "Mm, I don't know. Somehow, none of us knew Cam Rising was not going to play. Nobody knew. JT Worcester still have locked on Utes. I texted him when uh, when Bryson Barnes took the field. I said, where's Cam? What's going on? He said, dude, I don't know. Somehow, they kept that on the reps. Yeah, that's the sign of a well-run program when things only get out when they want them to. But that certainly would have impacted how I felt about the line of plus seven for Washington State going into that game, which if I had wanted to bet, I, of course, would have checked out Bet Online, your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, always, MMA, boxing, and my personal favorite, golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So Utah is definitely a lean win because that's not an easy game to win. Washington State's offense struggled again. Utes defense looked pretty good for the most part. But the Washington State offense, yeah, they're missing a couple of weapons. Not having Nikia Watson, not having Renard Bell, that hurts. But there were still enough pieces there to where they could have won that game. I'll get to them in a, in a moment. But other teams that get a lean win label here this week. Arizona. You might be saying, what, Spencer, Arizona lost. How could Arizona be in the lean win? This is not purely based on whether or not you win or lose, but how the fan base should be feeling after the team's performance. And you're Arizona. We all know they're in the midst of a rebuild. They've figured out one side of the ball, and the defense isn't there yet. Everybody knows that. But regardless of that, you're in year two with Jed Fish, and you just went toe-to-toe with USC? You just hung around in that game? You made it come down to a fourth and one that USC had to convert to prevent you from having a chance to go down and tie the game late at home. You put on that show in front of your home fans. You went toe-to-toe for 60 minutes with a top 10 team in the country and a Pac-12 championship contender. That was really good from Arizona. I thought it was a terrible matchup. Delora did have a pick. It was not returned for six. 
But the offense was able to score. They were able to convert. They were able to keep pace. And USC, yeah, they were shorthanded, but, I mean, (laughs) USC scored a lot of points. And I'll be getting to them here on the show as well because everybody gets a label after every college football Saturday here on Locked On Pac-12. But Arizona, that was impressive. I was really impressed with the Wildcats. They need a lot of bodies on the offensive line, excuse me, to run the ball. They need a lot of bodies on the defensive side. And their defensive coordinator, Johnny Nansen, has got to be better in some respects. But that can improve. And they have improved. I mean, do you remember watching this Arizona offense a year ago? It was reminiscent of, I'm sorry, Buffs fans, what we've seen a lot of from Colorado this year. It, it, it was abysmal. And you have Delora for the next several seasons. And T-Mac is there. And T-Mac is really good. T-Mac is an absolute stud. Highest rated recruit in Arizona football history. Yeah, he's living up to the billing. He is really, really good. So props to Arizona. Speaking of the desert state, Arizona State, you won. You don't get the outright winner label just because you won. Only because it was Colorado. If it was anybody else, I'd say, hey, Arizona State won. That's got to make Sun Devil fans feel good. And they should. But it was Colorado. So it's just a lean win. You were about a two-touchdown favorite on the road. Colorado hung around. And, uh, oh, look at that. The final team in the lean win category this week, the Colorado Buffaloes. I know you lost. I know. Not great. But you found a little bit of a running game. That hasn't been there for most of the season. JT Shroud had his moments. The offense moved the ball. You hung around. You are competitive. I know it's kind of a moral victory thing, but they covered. <laughs> I wasn't going to you know, get fooled, or at least that's how I was thinking going into selecting the Pac-12 prime picks for last week. But Colorado, you hung around in that game. And earlier this year, if you remember, the stat, five straight weeks to begin this season where they were a double-digit underdog of two touchdowns or greater, both at home or on the road. And they didn't cover. And now they're playing a more competitive brand of football. They've gotten a win. And look, they're still pretty bad. It's still not a good team. Because Arizona State is not a very good team. However, if you're Colorado, you get a lean win this week, in my view. Because Buffs fans, what do you want to see if you're going to struggle this year? You want to see them fight. You want to see them be competitive. And they fought in that game. They played hard. And they were competitive. That's solid. All right. Big, big time, no opinion this week. Now, some of these, you could argue, should be in a lean win or a lean lose category, but I have my reasoning here. I do not randomly assign these labels and then go in. I always, always have my reasons. And let's start with USC. Spencer, why don't you have an opinion on USC? They were down multiple offensive weapons, and they were still able to go on the road against a much-improved Arizona team and get a win. Fact check true. On that side of the coin, I feel in the lean win department for USC because you didn't have Jordan Addison. And still, you were able to move the ball. And Caleb Williams, by the way, is really, really good. That guy is so hard to tackle. And his arm is so electrifying. It is really easy to see why he'll be a top 10 top ten pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. It's really easy to see. He's got a lot of tools there. 
and he can run the football. He can execute the offense. He can make explosive plays. Sometimes tries a little too hard to get the big play, but that often gets rewarded. USC, (laughs) by the way, another thing that uh, I would be remiss if I did not discuss here on a show about the Pac-12 with regards to the USC-Arizona game. Uh, The other reason I considered USC in the lean win department this week was that Lincoln Riley did not explode physically from physical anger and frustration at whatever in the world happened at the end of the first half. If you haven't seen it, allow me to give you a brief rundown of the latest edition of Pac-12 officiating sucks. It sucks. Caleb Williams makes this remarkable play. He throws this dart down the sideline on the move, and USC gets the ball inside the 10. They have no timeouts. Five seconds on the clock. Stops while the chains reset for a first down. They go up to spike the ball. The official incorrectly spots the ball. So the entire USC offense is up there. They're ready. And then the official says, wait, wait, wait. No, it's supposed to be back a yard. And then the clock starts because the chains got set. So then Caleb Williams snaps the ball with like one second left and realizes, well, I can't I can't spike this because the clock is going to run out. So he rolls out, tries to throw it, and I, I think they actually completed it, came up short, and the time ran out. R- ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So on that sense, or in that sense, it was a good day for USC that Lincoln Riley didn't get tossed because if I were a head coach, I would have been tossed. I would have thrown things at the ground in front of the officials. That was, yeah, okay, enough about that. It was egregious. So all that stuff, Spencer, why are they not in the lean win category? Talk a lot about the UFC defense on this show. Coming into the year, as the year has gone on. And what I've observed when they were playing exceptionally well on that side of the ball was, boy, they're forcing like three and four turnovers a game. You can continue to be one of the best turnover margin teams in the country, and they are, and they are forcing a lot of turnovers. They're getting a lot of sacks. You can do that, but you're not going to have three and four turnovers per game. You can have one or two consistently and then have maybe just one game all year where you don't force a turnover, but you're not going to force three and four. And what does your defense do when that doesn't happen? And we saw that on Saturday against Arizona. So the defense pulls me towards a lean-lose label, but USC was able to get the win. So overall, I put them in the no opinion. Because to me, I view them the same as I did going into that game. I expected their offense to score a lot of points. They did a little better than I expected without their top receiving option in Jordan Addison. But their defense, I thought it would be kind of like a 45-48 to 20-ish or so game. But their defense couldn't get off the field. I mean, you had a fourth and 12 at the end of that game where if you you get a stop, the game is iced. Instead, you allow Arizona a glimmer of hope with a ball completed behind the line of scrimmage. Defense has got to be able to be better in those sorts of situations. And in the last two games, USC has allowed a combined 80 points. 43 to Utah, 
37 to Arizona. And I tried to warn you about that. I said, hey, you're not going to keep forcing turnovers. This defense is doing a lot of really good things, but you can't keep doing this for 12 games. And I think we're seeing that play itself out. Still, USC is in a really good spot. I think they're doing a lot of things right. But if they're going to win a Pac-12 championship, if they're going to beat UCLA later this year, I mean, right now it doesn't look like they could stop UCLA. It would just be a full-on shootout and 50-50 whether or not you win that game. But I trust the Bruins' defense at the mo- at the moment to make a stop. Not force a turnover, make a stop. Which is required a lot more often of a defense than I do USC's. So going into that battle for Los Angeles later this year, that could very well decide who gets to play in the Pac-12 championship game, Trojans' defense has got to be sharper on that side of the ball. Sorry, I had something in my eye. It was really, really itching me there. So, uh, again, no opinion. Oregon, sluggish start. They didn't play perfectly. They had two empty red zone trips, three empty red zone trips, actually. They had an interception, and they were stopped on fourth down twice. They still won by 18. Cal's not that good. It was just kind of, eh. Okay. Hey, guys. Don't feel differently about them today. It's exactly how I thought that game would play out. Cal missed covering to give the Pac-12 prime picks another winning week by one blocked field goal. Yeah, tough, uh, tough break there. We'll get to the prime picks to uh, to close out the show because I uh, still feel all right about uh, about about how they went, even though it wasn't you know perfect results and such. Uh, Cal, no opinion. They look like the same team. They've got offensive limitations. They've got a couple nice pieces. They need a new offensive coordinator. Jack Plummer is okay, but he's not spectacular. But he's not a disaster, and he makes plays every now and then. The offensive line struggled. They were bad on the third down. They allowed a lot of yards through the air. They're just kind of the same team. They, they look like the, the exact same team. And I don't feel differently about them going into this game against USC. I think the Trojans will handle them. Another contender for the prime picks this week. No opinion on Washington. They had a bye. They didn't get in the top 25, though. They're close. I, I think that's a positive. But, man, I can't wait for Friday night. Friday night is going to be so great if you're a Pac-12 fan. It is going to be a great college football game, which we'll talk about later as the week goes on. UCLA and Stanford, again, no opinion on either of them because they looked exactly how I thought they would. Stanford's offense hasn't actually been good in their two previous wins. They've been relying on their defense, but I watched them play a comparable offense to UCLA in Oregon early in the year. And the Ducks had 31 points at the half. And UCLA didn't have a problem scoring here. 38-13 final. Reaffirmed what I thought going in, which is, yeah, I know UCLA's got a loss right now, but I still think they can win the Pac-12. I still think they're a really good team. They didn't have their best day against Oregon. Ducks also recovered an onside kick that led to a massive momentum shift in that one. Does that play out differently if that doesn't take place or if the Bruins recover? Yeah, probably. It's probably a closer game. I still believe that UCLA is a really good football team. Polls reflect that. Their record reflects that. And this game against Stanford reflected that. And they were my one uh, cover for the Pac-12 prime picks this week. Stanford, you know, offense isn't there. I don't like the long mesh. Their offensive line isn't very good. They're down to one scholarship running back. Tanner McKee feels a little underutilized. 
while also being a little overrated at the same time. And they're just kind of they're just kind of there. They come back home against Washington State this week. I really like the Cougs. Lean lose. Speaking of the Cougs, not outright loser here because it's not a disaster. It's not a calamity, not a massive upset or anything of the sorts. But Washington State, you were at home on Thursday night, which is ripe for an upset. You had an opportunity to pull off a big win, to knock off one of the big dogs. You didn't get it done against USC. You didn't get it done against Oregon, even though you should have. And you had a chance here. You had a chance in this game. And what was I talking about going into it last week? This offense just hasn't been able to come through, hasn't been able to produce. I know they were missing a couple weapons, but they still had enough to where you got to be better than that. You got to be better than that at home. Your defense is playing well enough. Washington State is a better version of Cal. They're a more athletic, more feisty version of Cal with a better quarterback. Their defense is playing well enough to keep them in games week in and week out. And their offense is just not doing enough. They're just not good enough. They have not been good enough on that side of the ball. Sometimes you don't need to overcomplicate this stuff. It's as simple as that. If the offense could ever figure it out, that could be a nine-win Washington State team. That is a really good defense. They're well-coached. They play really hard. Henley's a stud. They got some nice players in the back end, too. I like a lot of things they do. I just don't like how they're playing offense. And maybe they just need a year to, you know, work out the kinks and get the chemistry and such. And I don't know. But at this point in the year, I would have liked to have seen more growth from them on the offensive side from what they showed early in the season. The only outright loser of the week is kind of me. You know, I do make the Pac-12 prime picks, but I don't feel that bad about them. I, you know, I, I did not feel bad. One and two this week. Hit UCLA. Miss Cal by a point. They lost by 18. The line was 17. USC, like, it, it was really close to being another winning week. Really, really close. It was right there. I already like some of the bets I'm looking at for this week. I do. I, I'm I'm remaining confident. I think I'll be able to get this over 500. Currently at 11 and uh, 14 on on the year. So would like would like to have a three in a week, but you know, a couple plays away, a block field goal, and a fourth and 12 conversion away from three and zero. That's it. That's it. Not that not that far off. I think Washington State's offense is uh, is further off than the Pac-12 prime picks are from having another winning week and getting over 500 for the year. But run out of time. Got to be able to write that sort of ship. We will see. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't already, like and subscribe. I appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.